You're listening to the Going Offsides podcast. Your home for lacrosse news, stories, and everything in between. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Going Offsides podcast. And today I'm joined by Ted Meekma and Leland Rogers, both currently working for the Spire Academy. And why don't you guys quickly just introduce yourselves, your, your role or your current job title, and uh, how you kind of, you know, came to Spire Academy in general. I'll, I'll start with you, Ted. Yeah, thanks. So I'm, uh, there's two co-managing directors of Spire, myself and a gentleman named Rich Odell. And we, we actually started working together years ago at IMG Academy and are, have both now left IMG and have our own consulting businesses. And we team up on, on interesting projects. And um, I got a chance to come in and work with the Spire group. I asked Rich to come and join me. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. But um, it might be worthwhile to give you just a little background on, on my experience in the academy world, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what leads to what we're doing at Spire. Right. Um, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've been doing this for a while, so I'll give you the, could be the summary version. And if you want to dig deeper, you know, feel free to speak up. But um, so I've been, my whole career has been working in the camp and academy business. I, I started way back in the day with a, with a crazy uh, genius tennis coach named Nick Volatari. Mm-hmm. And I was one of his coaches when I was in high school and all through college. And, and uh, I was with him when we started the first real tennis boarding academy. And I, I want to say, explain that because we worked in the camp business, the club business, the resort business. We always had good players gravitating toward us, but we never got a chance to work with them long enough to really develop an athlete or a competitor. We tweak this, fix that, send them away. They're hitting the ball great. Hopefully we see them again someday and see if they got any better, but we weren't able to really train. We were more teaching and instructing. And so we came up with this crazy idea that, you know, if these kids, if we could get a group of kids to come and live with us and go to school with us, train with us and do that on a, like a nine month school year basis, you know, get a school to do a five hour school day without PE and without study halls, we'd handle both of those things. So instead of a seven hour school day, we'd have a five hour school day that would give us four hours a day to train. And if we had four hours a day with good, you know, talented, dedicated kids, nine months of the year, maybe some of these kids, two, three, four years, you know, we could truly develop an athlete. Now, as I said, we didn't know what we were getting into, had no idea how to make that work as a business, but somehow we persevered. And that was kind of the beginning of the modern day uh, sports academy. Um, And that eventually became the IMG Academy. Yes, it started as tennis. Uh, I uh, was one of the uh, original coaches. I ended up going back to law school, got a law degree because I wanted to get in the business side a little bit more. And when I got out of law school, I went back and became the director of the academy. And then we sold the Voluntary Academy to IMG in, uh, I think it was 87. And then a couple of years later, I went to work for IMG out of Cleveland still kept the place in, in Bradenton and Florida and, and spent a lot of time at the academy. But I got to know more about the world of IMG, different sports, spent a lot of time with the golf division, got to know David Ledbetter, who was a mm-hmm. you know, well-known coach. And so that kind of led to 
you know, we kind of thought we finally had kind of figured out the business model for tennis. Could we take it to another sport? So then we took it to golf first with the Ludbetter Academy. And mm-hmm. then when that worked, we went to soccer, baseball, basketball, Performance Institute, you know, built up to what you now know as IMG Academies. Um, I was there a total of 30 years uh, and then started a consulting business. And then I I can tell the story of how I got involved with Spire, but that, that, so, that so kinda... I, I, a follow-up question then what, what year sure. did you end up leaving, uh, IMG? Uh, 2008. Okay. All right. I have had some friends that have gone through there as coaches and have loved their experiences, especially on the lacrosse side. So I was just curious at what yeah, point, you know, you I left. left before we got into lacrosse, or I should say they got into lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say one more thing about my time there. Um, the, it was, you know, it was amazing to kind of grow this thing, especially then to duplicate it in different sports. But what, what we, where we missed the boat a bit was academically, we were working with outside schools and didn't have an inside school on campus. Mm-hmm. And when we realized that's what we needed to do next, we brought in Rich O'Dell, who was a longtime uh, headmaster of schools, ran the interlock and in school of the arts, okay. uh, among other things. And so I'm he familiar. understood kind of the academy mentality the training mentality and once he arrived i'm telling you it was night and day the 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 school experience got better the student life experience got better the kids enjoyed it the parents enjoyed it the the margins got better i mean it was just you know integrating those the right way was kind of what's made img really take off in the last you know 15 20 years yeah and and img is obviously this extremely well-known academy you know, we've had a bunch of other academies that have popped up or have become more popular, especially on the lacrosse side, which I'll save for later in our conversation. Sure. But Spire, I mean, especially to someone, I, I live in the Midwest, actually. I live outside of Detroit. So I'm a little bit familiar with it. I also went to school at Oberlin for a year. So I was very close to where the academy is. But this is an academy that is definitely known or at least in my opinion, is known very well for its basketball and a few other sports. So why, why has lacrosse now become a priority? Because you are now for the first time offering lacrosse, correct? That's right. That's right. Um, I, I worked for Spire for a few years when it was early, uh, first built as a consultant and kind of got them on the academy path. Um, I left and but always kept an eye on it because mm-hmm. I thought it was a special place. And I came back about two years ago when there was new ownership involved. And uh, it's a very big event facility. They host all kinds of big 10 track and field championships and Atlantic 10 swimming and diving championships. And they've got a small, they had a small t- uh, track and field and swimming academies. The basketball academy was the, the best known program. Uh, when I got there and then I brought Rich along, we, you know, started working on the school side of it, built dorms, uh, built out the camp programs, uh, grew all of the academies. But then the question was, all right, what, what sports are we going to go to next? We've got a big complex. I mean, this thing is 750,000 square feet under roof, three buildings. Uh, it was 175 acres when we got there. The new owners now increased that to 500 acres. So okay. We've got great facilities, but they're not, they're not utilized enough. That's what our job is, is to, is to build our programming and add new programs. And so we looked, we have, we have two indoor turf fields and an outside turf field that's a part of a big stadium complex. Um, 
And so it was a question, quite frankly, of do we want to get into soccer first or lacrosse? And, you know, my thought was lacrosse. Uh, you know, it's a growing sport, um, but it's not maybe as big as it could be in the Midwest. And um, there's a million different versions of soccer academies these days. <laughs> if you look deep enough between the private academies, the schools, MLS, you know, USA soccer or US soccer. Um, and I just saw an opportunity with lacrosse and, but I, I don't, I'm not an expert in lacrosse. I know more about camps and academies than I care to admit, but I will, I also can tell you not a lacrosse, uh, you know, expert by, by any means. So the first thing I did was I got introduced to the guys at LSG, you know, mm -hmm. coach Cottle and, 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 and Petromala and Brett, uh, and, and I just had a brainstorming session with him. I said, look, come out, see the complex. Uh, I'll explain to you where we're going philosophically with our school, with our training, with our personal skill development, career prep for our kids. It's a, we're, we're, we're more in depth than IMG in a lot of ways in terms of the kind of the off, uh, field experience from the, from the Academy, which they loved, um, but I said, I, you know, I'd like your input as to whether you think a lacrosse program would work here. And when we get to the lacrosse, I'm not talking about just a school program. I'm talking right. about, you know, an annual, you know, business approach to developing a lacrosse program with an academy, clubs, camps, events, you know, tournaments. Um, you know, this is every day we're going to focus on that sport. But I need help. And, and we, first, you think it's a good idea. And they thought it was. I said, second, would you help us, you know, come on board and, and consult with us, hold my hand down the, down a new sport path for me. And then the third thing was find us a director and a head coach who will also embrace, you know, the challenge of starting something new, but in a pretty amazing place that's got potential that's, you know, virtually unlimited. Um, and so that's how we got together. And uh, their first job was to find well, turn it out to be the Leland, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's great. That's a great transition. And, and we'll loop back later to a little bit more about the Spire Academy as it stands today. Sure. But, but so, yeah, we've got coach Rogers here and, you know, you're probably best known, especially to younger people as having been a longtime assistant coach at Syracuse. But what many people don't remember, especially my age is that you actually cut your teeth in Ohio for Ohio Wesleyan, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, so you're not you're not unfamiliar with the landscape of Midwest lacrosse to begin with. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And you know, and I think it was uh, I graduated from uh, college, Syracuse, with a master's. I think it was in uh, nineteen, close to nineteen ninety, and uh, you know, Ohio Wesleyan uh, was one of the top programs in the country at the time. Uh, that's when uh, Mike Pressler from Duke was coaching there, and. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, like people our age know Mike and what a great career that he had and stuff. And, you know, he went to Duke and um, I um, applied for the job. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to coach and uh, lacrosse was always the sport that I loved the most. Uh, I was a very good wrestler. Uh, if, if you don't know me, my history in wrestling would probably carry me the farthest. Uh, I love playing football and, uh, you know, and, but I just loved lacrosse. Lacrosse was the sport that, uh, 
tactical wise, I, I was intrigued with the concepts behind the X's and O's and things like that. And so I kind of decided that was the route I was going to go and applied for the job at uh, Ohio Wesleyan University. And it seems like every place I go to, I always have a unique story about how I got the job. And I remember the football coach at Ohio Wesleyan was on the search committee and Dick McPherson uh, was a coach at Syracuse at the time. And if, if you remember Dick, he, you know, everyone knew who he was. <laughs> he called the, the football coach and the football coach didn't believe it was him. So uh, it was kind of funny uh, how I ended up getting that job, but was there for nine years. And if I remember correctly, I think we were in five semifinals and we were in the finals uh, in 98 uh, against Hobart. I mean, they're and, still uh, very good at OU, but that was definitely yeah. a, a great stretch for, for that yeah. program. Like, like every program, you know, lacrosse has changed. I mean, I mean, there's just more kids and there's more parity and, um, you, you know, it's just, it's just how it is. I mean, every school is good. It's mm -hmm. like pro football, you know, anyone can be beaten on any given day and it's yeah. it becoming the same in a lot of other sports as well. So after that, was uh so th those are my roots really started my kids were born in ohio and stuff so i have a lot of connections and actually this week uh, you know i kind of came full circle again because i've been calling every club every high school coach anyone that has anything to do with lacrosse in the midwest specifically right now the cleveland area mm -hmm. and just rekindling old relationships that i had uh years ago and I, i'm having you know a lot it's a lot of hard work but i'm enjoying it because i'm, mm -hmm. I'm rekindling having stories with people i haven't had in years so it's it's you know, any job that's a good job is a fun job, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of fun that's been happening so far. So I'm just making connections and just getting a feel for the Midwest, Ohio again, and uh, just trying to set the foundation for, you know, the area that I think will be supporting, uh, you know, Spire the most. Uh, so, so, so far, so good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the Academy experience, I'm sure, as you've realized, is it's recruiting just at a different stage of the of the recruitment cycle so and I have to say that the NCAC has some of the most unique mascots of any conference in the country because you were the battling bishops I, I was a yeoman for yeah. for a year well. or two so and then yeah there's all sorts but uh so let's talk about Midwest lacrosse then for a second coach because you know you've got Brody Merrill up at the Hill Academy, building a perennial powerhouse getting tons of investment you've got Culver which has become this basically staple of high school lacrosse and academy lacrosse. And, and that's, that's a little bit of a different style, obviously being a military academy. And then now, you know, you've got a couple of PG programs, you know, with Western reserve and a couple other places. So, so what made you think that coming to Spire and being, you know, in the Cleveland area could be, could create a fruitful lacrosse program? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I think Spire is unique. And, um, you know, when, when you're in the business world or marketing world, as even as a parent, too, you're looking for something that's unique. What can catch my eye as a parent? And, um, you know, when I interviewed with Ted and the organization and with legendary sports group, uh, saw the facilities, uh, got to know their philosophies, the academic side of things, you know, it really attracted me to hey, we've got, I think there's something special here. And, and you hit it on the head. I mean, the Hill School, Culver, Western Reserve, they, you know, they're, they're going to be schools that we compete with. There, there's no question about that. And, uh, but I think we offer something unique that they don't, which is going to attract kids uh, to Spire, maybe a little bit more so than some of the other schools. It, it's been interesting because, you know, a lot of, I've been a college guy my whole life, but 
you know, when I work in the summer, you know, college coaches, we typically coach high school kids, right? Uh, because we go to the camps and, and that's what we coach. You know, during the year, it's the college kids, but during the summers, it's, it's, it's the high school kids. And, uh, you know, so I, I think I have a pretty good feel, uh, you know, based on what Spire is all about, what my philosophy is, where I've been. You know, before it used to be, you know, at colleges, you re, you're getting kids ready for life. And now the high school, you know, not, we're getting kids ready for college and life. It, and in my mind, it, it gives me a chance to touch people's lives at a much earlier stage. And I think, you know, we would all agree that, you know, if you can touch the lives of kids at an earlier age and, uh, you know, point them in the right directions, right direction, you know, they're going to explode and, you know, blossom into, you know, great people and citizens and things like that. So, you know, with the philosophy at Spire and, you know, my background, where I've been, it was just, I was ready, you know, it was, it was time for a change. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. I, you know, there's a lot of good things that have happened so far. Uh, I've been on the road recruiting and I'm getting, uh, you know, good reports, talking to a lot of people, you know, they're asking questions and I think uh, it's a unique place. And I, I think a lot more people are going to be hearing about it. I, I know that. Yeah. And I think that if you haven't found it already, you, you'll, you'll find very soon that there's plenty of talent in the Midwest, for sure. But also, as you know, from your experience at IMG, Ted, there people will go all over the country for this experience as well. So it, you're not limited to that one geographic location. Uh, but coach, you brought up uh, philosophy and philosophy at Spire. So I'm going to throw it back to Ted. And Ted, what is kind of the philosophy behind Spire? Well, it, it First, I'll describe the kind of the business model a little bit, and then I'll get into the philosophy because the, the nature of the place, it's so uh, expansive that we're able to do more things on campus than a, a lot of places and a lot of programs might be able to do. So, you know, I've mentioned the fields that we have indoors as well as outdoors. We've got plans for six more fields that are gonna, we're going to build outside so we can grow uh, the ability to, to run events and do special activities there, you know, throughout the year uh, makes it unique. Um, the, our commitment to the academic side, uh, again, I've kind of seen that evolve over the years where it was, a you know, and all too often in little one-off academies, it's kind of an afterthought. And mm -hmm. that is not the case. Uh, with me, a longtime sports guy, but especially with my colleague who spent his whole life in education. And so some of the things we, we wanted to try to do at IMG, it was just such a big animal by then. We couldn't necessarily dig as deep into, you know, working on the personal skill development of kids or, or bringing in people that will help them with career path preparation. Um, you know, we're offering an esports program at, at Spire. Well, one of, the, one of the concepts behind that is not everybody's going to make a living playing esports, but mm -hmm. if they love the, the the genre, there's opportunities to do all kinds of things in the business side of that. So that whole sports administration side are, is another you know area that we'd like to grow into because people love sport. You know, I was a tennis player growing up. I played in college. I wasn't going to be a professional in that sport, but I've made a living in the sport world because I I combined the the sports side and the business side, and so that that's part of the difference. The other thing is, and I know Leland will get a kick out of this because we're all competitive as hell, but you know, we're really not 
that concerned about how many games we won last week in every program, in every sport all year long. You know, our job is to develop and get kids ready for the next step. You know, I think because we're good and because we've hired the right coaches and we're getting kids who are committed, we're going to win too. But the pressure isn't really on rankings and one win and loss records. Um, like a lot of programs kind of almost have to be. Ours really is a little more holistic and a little more of, you know, how do we get them prepared? When these kids go to college, they're going to be ready for college. And if they're not ready for college, we'll, we'll offer PG programming, which we already do in all the other sports. So the flexibility and the ability to, to uh, kind of stretch beyond kind of the normal parameters of a program, uh, we don't have we don't have a lot of those guidelines. We're also building an, the Institute side of Spire out and working with, you know, growing our relationship with the Cleveland Clinic and, and doing more R&D on property. Um, and so that, that's what makes it fun for Rich and me, even after doing it for so long, to get out of bed every morning because it's kind of like a blank canvas and a big blank canvas. You know, but then we've got to find the people that are really going to deliver on the ground. And we've done a great job across the board in, in sports. And I, you know, I was concerned that we'd find somebody who kind of got it again, not just, a, you know, I was a coach, so I got nothing against coaches, but I want somebody that thinks a little bit beyond just, you know, on the field, you know, what mm -hmm. are we trying to build, you know, with the kids and with the business and Leo and I had one conversation. It wasn't even a Zoom. It was just on the phone. It's supposed to be a half hour. Went for about an hour, and I kind of hung up, going, "Yeah, this guy, he 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 gets it. You know, he doesn't need to be spoon-fed kind of things outside <laughs> his comfort zone. He's been around. He's got a good reputation. He, you know, and he's kind of intrigued by, you know, building a kind of a new legacy program that that hasn't really existed before. So." Yeah, and it, it sounds like at Spire, I mean, compared to some of the other similar types of schools, there is a much greater focus on academics and a more well-rounded student than maybe some of your competitors, which is great to hear. And I think that will help you stand apart. Um, Leland, I also, you know, in the Midwest, we don't have junior college lacrosse. So I think a PG program is, is very important because a lot of these guys either didn't get the exposure that they needed or they're just need a little bit more high level coaching before they're ready for the D one D two level. So I think a PG program in the Midwest is central and we have a few already, but I don't think they're advertised enough. So, uh, going on that line of thinking, what will the structure of your program look like? Will you have a, a PG team or will you have kind of an A team that includes PG players? You know, obviously I, I doubt you're playing in the, the state, uh, like in the state organization. So what will yeah, the structure of the offering look like and, and what will like the scheduling and the types of uh, teams that you'll go play look like? Yeah, that's a, you know, that's a good question because, you know, you just don't know yet, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what the makeup of the team is going to be, uh, you know, as you, you, as you alluded to some of the reasons for PG, you know, the other thing to keep in mind too is COVID year. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of kids right now that uh, are looking to repeat a year or PG a year. And I've had a number of kids, uh, you know, who are already interested in PGing. And, um, you know, so, so the makeup of the team is really going to be interesting. Uh, you know, obviously it's ninth grade through 12. You're, you're going to have some PGs probably mixing and stuff. And, you know, 
probably the makeup of the team, and I've talked to different prep school coaches, and you, you know, you just alluded to like the A team and a B team, and you know, some of the high schools and some of the leagues that you play in, you know, they don't want to play against PG kids. Right. Um, you know, the advantage, you know, they're bigger and stronger, so it, it's going to be a work in progress. But uh, you know, there's plenty of schools nearby and plenty of schools similar to us. Uh, you know, in the Midwest and even some junior colleges and even some, you know, division three, division one colleges. Uh, you know, when we were at Syracuse, even the Hill School, they would bring in a younger team and our younger mm-hmm. guys would scrimmage them. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities, no matter what our makeup is, is to get games. And, uh, you know, as they, they preach this, it's about competitive scheduling. Um, with each program here at, at Spire, you, know, you try to find, you know, the basketball program, you know, there's some really good players there. So, you know, it's hard for them to play a lot of high school teams that have nine through 12, obviously. So, you know, depending upon what the breakdown is, how many PGs we have, how many upper class we have, but, you know, eventually we'd like to be pretty balanced, uh, okay. you know, across the board, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th. And, um, you know, that's the, the secret is finding that balance. Uh, that first couple years, it may not be totally balanced, perfect, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but I've done my research. I've talked to several of the top prep coaches and I've worked with several of them. So, you know, not only is it on the job experience, you know, working with Inspire, but it's also talking to all these other people outside. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm talking to everyone. I mean, I've, I've, I'll be talking to Brody. I know Brody real well, you know, uh, I don't know Dylan at Western reserve, but we're going to be talking and, mm-hmm. and Culver, John Posner at Culver is now at Lawrenceville. I've talked to him several times. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find out from them exactly, you know, how, how, how do, do they do it exactly? So it'll be interesting, but we'll get it done and it's exciting. And, you know, and right now we're getting a ton of interest. So it's, it's, it's pretty exciting to see where it could all go. Yeah, it sounds like you know exactly the direction you want to go in, and time, you know, time will tell how quickly you get there. Uh, now, being in northern Ohio, the the fall and the winter and even the beginning of the spring can be a little rough. So, tell us about some of the facilities that you have access to, especially on the lacrosse side. Well, as Ted alluded to earlier, you know, and again, I, I love when I get on podcast or a Zoom with Ted because I always learn something knew that I didn't know before, you know, I, you think you have it all down. <laughs> There's just always something they did find out. But, you know, first of all, you know, the facility, as he said, 750,000 square feet indoor, that's two, you know, there's three buildings, but two of them are full indoor lacrosse fields. Northeast Ohio, you need some indoor facilities. Mm-hmm. So that's a big advantage. A lot of these schools don't have their own indoor facilities. They have to rent or they have to go somewhere to get. So that's going to be a big plus for us. You know, the 500 acres uh, of total, you know, as Ted mentioned, we're going to be uh, putting in six uh, new turf fields. You know, a lot of these big East Coast lacrosse tournaments are based on these gigantic, you know, sport complexes that have all these outdoor fields and stuff. And, you know, uh, a lot of the Midwest kids, obviously West, they all come to the East Coast, uh, you know, during the NCAA recruiting calendar, which will be summer and November and November is taking place right now. So, you know, the nice thing about that is, is when that's completed, you know, we can have these events right here in Ohio. So a lot of these Midwest teams aren't going to have to go all the way to the East Coast. And, you know, there'll be some East Coast coaches who are going to want to bring their kids to the Midwest to get in front of Midwest college coaches as well. Mm-hmm. So, so that's nice. Um, you know, I, I think there's 75,000 square feet of our performance, our, our weight room and, and where we do uh, conditioning and things like that. 
that to me was the biggest, one of the biggest pluses, you know, when I came uh, to Spire to see everything, you know, the, everything else was incredible. The fields, you know, we've got a five to 6,000 outdoor um, turf field, which is beautiful. It's got bleachers on both sides. It's kind of in the middle of the campus. And, and you know, I've been to a lot of schools, uh, you know, my son was on the recruiting circuit for both lacrosse and football. So I've seen a lot of facilities and, and being a coach for 30 years, I've seen a lot of facilities. So, you know, when I saw the setup at Spire, I was, I said, this is perfect. I, I said, this is really good. If we can get these outdoor fields done and uh, we're going to be, you know, this is going to be perfect. So, you know, and the other thing is too, I like, you know, someone mentioned to me Olympic atmosphere, Olympic village, and we have all these high-end athletes from all these different sports, you know, you live right on campus. And, and to me, that's unique. If, if I'm, I want to be around better athletes, other athletes and other sports, because you can pick up things from them. They're going to help you become a better player in your own sport, not, not just in your sport, but individually as a person and, and your character. And, uh, you know, we've got a pool, I think it's a 10 lane Olympic sized pool. And, uh, you know, I love swimming before I did any sport years ago, you'd never notice by looking at me, I was, I was a swimmer. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the day we can encompass some lacrosse practices in the swim pool. And, uh, you know, I used to do that at the other places I was, uh, I was at too. We'd put a little swim event together and have the guys swim. And, and that's when you really find out who the athletes are, but the facilities, you know, the weight room and the outdoor, it's there, uh, you know, it, it is going to happen. And, uh, yeah, one, you know, I think I had mentioned one, other, let me, other Let people. me jump in one thing that, yep. that you just mentioned that we should emphasize. Um, because it's a nine-month program and, and there's, you know, preseason work and then there's training while the season is going on and then there's after the season, you know, the whole performance, athletic performance training side is crucial. And, the nice thing about what we do there is, again, the way we integrate the performance training, you know, physical conditioning, speed, agility, quickness, endurance, injury prevention, along with the mental skills training, and then nutrition and hydration, all of those things. If, you know, unfortunately, families struggle to find access to all of those things. And if they can find all those things, they're not usually under one roof. And they're usually delivered by people that don't talk to each other. So it's not always done in a way that's most productive for the athlete because it's too, it's done in silos. And that is not the case, obviously, with what we're doing. And that's why, you know, when Leon will spend time with our performance director, John Wallace, and talk about get all the kids assessed and then kind of develop individual programming for each one to figure out where are the weaknesses, where are the strengths, what do we need to do to get them ready? lose 20 pounds, gain 20 pounds, you know, get more flexible, more agile. That, that is, uh, it's something I've always done. You know, in the, in the early days, we didn't have specialists. We did it. We realized we needed specialists, but they also had to understand how to work, you know, kind of cross-curricularly, you know, with everybody else on the campus. And that's, that's happening now. And that's, that's not something you find everywhere. Yeah. The, the, the integration of everything. To, to work together instead of being segmented is, is it's huge for the athlete experience or the student athlete experience, I should say. So uh, along those lines, um, I, I imagine that you have many students from outside of Ohio. So what does it look like um, in terms of the student life experience? Is it mostly kids boarding? Is it, are there commuter students? How, what does that all look like on campus? 
Yeah, what, what's surprising is how many international kids there already are in the program. Uh, and that's always been the case again in my world where, where you know, the, the international athlete is looking for a, a, an entree to college in the U.S. and an academy can, can be that stepping stone. But it it's amazes me um, how still, even though the Spire has been there a long time, the, the marketing efforts that we're now executing on behalf of all of our sports are just two years old. And half of, you know, more than half of that was in the middle of a pandemic. So it was, it was a challenge, but we've done a good job of, of getting the word out about all of our programming. And so I think there's, I don't know, 12 or 13 different states and eight or nine different countries today. And we're small today. I mean, our plan is to be somewhere in the 350, 400 student range, you know, within the first five years, you know, so, um, but Leland's going to be a big part of that because you can start a swim program with six kids. You can mm -hmm. start a track and field program with nine play, you know, athletes. Can't do that with track with uh, with lacrosse. So, good luck, Leland. <laughs> get that, get that twenty five in there, buddy. Yeah, sounds good. But, do our but best. like you said, you then that. you maybe you add PG. Maybe we roll out a, a, a women's uh, girls program at some stage. I mean. That's what's fun, you know. Basketball, we're, we've been boys only so far. That's about to change. So we're we're the first thing is to get the the industry to understand that we're we're here. We're doing something a little different, you know, in this sport. Um, you know, come take a look. Come sit down with us. Take a tour. You know, sit with Leland. Meet our performance people, and uh, families get it pretty fast. To be honest. Yeah, I'm sure they're seeing a lot of things they haven't seen before. So it's got to feel like Disneyland for a student athlete. So, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with one last question. So if, if I'm an interested student athlete, prospective student, parent, where do I go? How do I get more information? Who do I contact? Um, go to our website, spireinstitute.org, and it'll easily let, let you maneuver and navigate through wherever you want to go. If you want to learn about lacrosse, obviously you go there. You want to know about camps, want to know about events, want to know about academy. That's the best place. We've got to, again, we kind of had to start over, build that from scratch when we arrived, but it's a, it's a good looking site. It's got a lot of information. We're still kind of flushing out our whole calendar for lacrosse. This is, right. you're kind of our inaugural uh, marketing of, vehicle at the moment no worries but we'll be teaming up more often but but leo and i are going over camps because you know he's going to be recruiting and and you know camps are a little more team oriented these days and so we're trying to figure out the right mix but typically we like to put up for every sport a calendar of activity both on the event side and on the training side our camps used to be just summer now they're expanding into holidays and weekends because it because the demand is there you know mm -hmm. i was on a call with our with our swim guys this morning. And, and we were saying, you know, it's going to be summer soon in Argentina and uh, Brazil. So let's start promoting our, you know, summer camp programs to them to come in December, January. So that's the interesting thing about this business is that you, you bring in athletes from around the world at different times, and then they get a chance to integrate. And so that, you know, Olympic Village feel is really, it's a great marketing line, but it's actually true. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of cool to see 
you know, kids from all different walks of life and races and colors and creeds and, and uh, financial backgrounds, all of a sudden they're all in the same place. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, I, I, you know, I say I've been doing this a long time. I run into people that have been to the academy over the years that stop me. And they're not usually saying thanks for how great they are in their sport. They're usually saying, you know what? I really grew up down there. I learned a lot about, you know, life and pressure and competition mm -hmm. and, and school and, and concentration and focus. And, and, you know, that's what. Well, it's different when everyone's a freak athlete, right? Cause then you're not, you're not all that special anymore. And that's a, that's a culture shock. I'm sure for some athletes. Well, and sometimes you get there thinking, you know, how wonderful you are and you look down the, you know, down the row here and there's somebody who they, the kids actually get more realistic about their potential than, than sometimes the parents, if you, we can do yeah. another podcast on that someday. But, <laughs> well, but it sounds, it sounds like you're building something absolutely great. And I look forward to seeing it, to seeing it keep growing. Well, thank you, Nick. Yep. Thanks, Thanks lot, so man. much, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Appreciate you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Going Offsides.